Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download the Zion Clear Lake app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. Welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. I'm Kate. And I'm John. So we uh, we had to come in. It's in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. We we get to. This is yes. yeah. we <laughs> this. We are so excited. For all 14 the of the listeners. This is how committed this we are. This is how committed we are to the 14 of you. Thank That's you right. for listening. <laughs> Actually, I think it's more than 14. It it's is. Just, it's we, just and we keep say. hearing more and more people are like, hey, I listen. No, it's just fun. I yeah. just enjoy making light of it. It's yeah. funny. How's it? Okay, so we got Christmas Eve coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you're preaching New Year's. Yes, I am. Yeah, so this is like yeah. a special Christmas Eve, New Year's podcast edition. <laughs> you guys, this is super special. Because we shut down the office all next right. week. Because like nobody's nobody's coming around. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of shut down church. And, and I think John's going to edit it so it comes out. Well, so this, so it's funny you say that this will come out. Uh, the Wednesday after Christmas, uh, but before New Year's, so, so they <laughs> it'll get, like, still a be okay for me. Just play it again. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's kind of a it's kind of a double feature. Right Actually, I wonder if we could like share. Some, there's there like a best of, like a favorite. We probably what? could find some kind you of like highlight reel. That actually would be really fun. Just put together some like of the best conversations. Like all the clips that we've had that we've used oh for the previews, you know? If we I wonder if we could put together like a a montage of like our favorite conversations. Everybody loves an 80s montage. But who's the question? Who's going to listen to it? And what's the theme song going to be behind it? Um, because for every 80s something. montage, you have to have something playing. I know. I'm All thinking, I can think of is, eh, 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 eh. but I don't think we should do that one. <laughs> You're going Pee Wee Herman tequila. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we should totally play tequila for the church for Zion's podcast. Tequila. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> We're doing okay, the dance so, if you guys can't see. Okay, so my uh, straight up from my childhood, my favorite movie, and I think it was before either of you were born. Man, I'm old. Uh, Transformers the movie. The cartoon movie. Yeah, I was going to say Shia LaBeouf. No, no, no. 19, <laughs> 1985, 86? Yeah, definitely before yep. I was born. Oh, jeez, Louise. Okay, so uh, first of all, and then nobody's, everybody knows this here. So growing up without a dad, Optimus Prime was like my dad. Optimus <laughs> Prime is so cool. And in this one, Optimus Prime dies. <gasps> like he actually dies. In, and yeah, he dies in the comic, in the cartoon. Whoa. And I remember going, no! And like I was heartbroken, and and but there's a there's a song in there where the guy who takes over for Optimus Prime, his name's Rodimus Prime. You're all welcome for this. Wow. He uh he, he gets the Unimatrix, yep. <laughs> and yep. the song "You Got the Touch," and I expect you to auto tune that on there, so I'll fix that. Get it, uh-huh. T Pain. But it's like a straight up '80s rock song. You got the touch. If you get a chance. Look, hold on. While we're okay, you keep on talking. I'm gonna play it for us because it is it's amazing. You know, and it'll change your life. So we need to talk. I'm gonna look for this song here. Here we go. You know, sometimes I feel like people will poke fun at the fact that I will pull up obscure 
uh, fantasy knowledge. Like, yeah. I'll make some joke about Lord of the Rings that goes over most people's heads. That that was a this that was like an obscure, obscure fantasy oh, moment. No. Right Ready? There. Here we go. Yeah. You got the power. <laughs> it sounds good on here, just so we're all aware. He's head banging. Okay, so, so no, I want you to. We're doing an '80s. We're doing a montage and picture this playing behind us. Come on. Actually, now. I'm kind of into it. This song is awesome. This could be fun. Hold on, wait. It gets better. The foot stomping, you guys. The finger. Point. All right. So hold on. Okay. Now, if you want, it's from Stan Bush. The touch. Thank you. So if you want to make me feel loved, if somebody can just put this over their head, like in, what's that? Not uh, officially affiliated with Zion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can, we can do the, uh, say anything. I just need somebody to stand with the boom box yeah. playing the touch while I'm preaching. There we go. That's all we need. We can well, do that. Well, here's the thing. I think if we're going to make a compilation of past breakthrough breakdown. It's just got to be a compilation of, I love you, Bob Goff. Really? Oh my goodness! I mean, I think it's, it's just all of us I love you, Bob Goff. I want if somebody could for Christmas. I don't want anything else for Christmas. I want somebody to go through every single breakthrough breakdown and find all the times that I've said I love you, Bob Goff, or anyone else, and put them together for me. That'd be uh-huh. great. Okay. <laughs> Wait, as, uh, no, You're looking suspiciously over at me. <laughs> I was just gonna say she's literally looking over at her husband <laughs> as she's saying this. I would like someone. Help, Someone help, put together. Anyone, yeah. anyone whose name starts with a J. No. Ends with an on. <laughs> Joni. Oh, Apple. yeah, Joni. Joni does listen. She might. All right. That's amazing. Okay, so we have Christmas Eve coming up. I'm so excited. I'm really excited for Christmas Eve. It's one of my favorite services that we offer. We offer four of them. Yeah. Guys, mm-hmm. pray for your ministry leaders and your staff members. Because I know it'll day. already be done yeah, and finished. Just but... pray that they got the restoration and rest that they needed. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the diehards who will come Christmas Day. That's right. And I'm kind of excited for that one, too, because I've never gotten to do like a traditional uh, Christmas Day service. I'm not sure if I'm going or not. I'll I would be, not blame I'll, you. I mean, honestly, preaching four services Christmas Eve. It's a lot. It's a lot. And so if, I, if I'm up for it, I'm going to show up. But I'm not going to out of legalism. I'm going to do it because if I feel... Like I should, like yeah, I want to. Like you want to. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like church isn't isn't based on me, and so I can, I cannot be there. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Freedom yeah. in Christ. That's right. Oh, I actually read a post. Okay, so there's actually a big debate right now about whether or not churches should have Christmas services on Christmas Day. Oh. And one of the articles, and it was from a very well known missiologist. That's a missiologist to someone who studies. Uh, church in the world around us, culture, that kind of stuff. That's for people listening. They're like, what the heck is a missiologist? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the title article. Uh, Are you too religious to miss church on Sunday? Mm. <gasps> that's, and I'm like, yeah. holy cow. Gotta that's look so... at it though. But I mean, like, like, cause that's the whole, and he talks about how there are some people who think that there's, there's so much more spiritual if they do, cause they don't miss a Sunday. Yeah. And and at the same point, I'm like, okay, but that's a little shamey because for some people, there is something beautiful about coming to church on a Christmas morning. Yeah. And so I like I wrestled with that a little bit because I'm like, do I I don't know. I get what he's saying. Like I don't 
we have Christmas Eve services. If somebody misses, it's not a big deal. Heck, I may not be there. I actually said it from, I said that a couple of Sundays ago. I'm like, and for you diehards for Christmas, I hope you come. I won't be there. And yeah. I heard about uh, it later. I'm sure you did. You I'm sure you did. What do you mean you're not going to be there? <laughs> well, think about like articles like that. Maybe you don't have to, obviously, you don't have to get behind every single article you no. read. I actually recommend you don't. But anytime that an article like that holds up a mirror to yourself and can help you become more self-aware, use that tool. Yeah. Look at yourself. Is there a spirit of religiosity that you need to maybe address? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with I that. I think we should create a new word called religiosity. Religiosity. It's actually um, a children's ministry term. Religiosity. Yeah, yeah I kind of like that. It's kind of like the elasticity of candy Ooh. after it sits in a bin over a year. <laughs> Does candy become elasticity? Yeah, is there elasticity? Like, yeah, there is. It's so like, does wow. it get Squishiness hard and it gets, gets more? Sometimes, yeah. Really? That's, yeah, I'm learning rigid, so much. Did you know children's ministry is one of the few ministries I've never actually, actually, that's not true. Professionally, I've never done children's ministry. I also ne- never done women's ministry. Wow. <laughs> Those are two things that I've got on you. <laughs> I did start a women's ministry. But when I was in high school, I did start a women's ministry. But I had the women. I just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I launched it. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, so when I was in high school, the pastor at First Baptist Church, Evelyn who I still to this day, I'm so grateful for this man. He was such an amazing man. But he asked me and my best friend to be the children's directors of our church. We're like a junior and a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And we have no clue what we're doing. And, and we we had third through fifth grade. And so it was it was hilarious. And we did it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Fun was had, I guarantee fun, you. Fun was had. I don't know that we actually did it very long, though. And in fact, I don't even know if we ever properly ended it. We may have just stopped showing up. <laughs> Oh, I was like, I was like a high school student. I don't Kinda know. Resolved, yeah. But yeah. thankfully, there is a new hope in life <laughs> in the ministry that you get to continue to do now today. Yes. Why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so John, well, okay, that was a subtle segue. I like that. Yeah. So Christmas Eve. Now, okay, so this we've been doing. We're simple Christmas. Yeah. We're so talking with simply Christmas and getting to the simple heart of the Christmas message, which which is God with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's the thing, and, and I've said this so many times, and it's so true. The hardest Sundays for me to preach are Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I rewrite, write, rewrite, write, rewrite my message because everybody's heard the messages. Yeah. And and there is, I feel this, like almost, someone said, they said, I remember who it was, like, Jason, for those days, they don't care what you preach. They just want to hear about, you know, Jesus being born or they want to hear about the resurrection of Jesus. That's all they care about. And so I struggle with these days. Yeah. They are probably the hardest messages for me to preach because I still feel somewhat of a responsibility to make it fresh or engaging. And Yeah. And I don't know. Like, okay, so when you think of Christmas Eve, because we've all yeah. been a part of many Christmas Eve services. Even yeah. before I was a Christian, I knew about Christmas Eve. Yeah. I don't know that I ever really celebrated it prior to that. Okay, what's your favorite part about Christmas Eve? Go, John, go. Mm, favorite part about Christmas Eve? Just just the day in general or more about like the church service? It's up to you. Oh, I'm leaving it in well, your court. I, I know. So we would always do a Christmas Eve service at the church where I grew up. Um, and because it was so... It was a Lutheran church where I grew up. And so coming to work at Zion, 
it was kind of fun to slip back into the traditional setting and see that some of those elements pop up again and go, oh, I know that, or <coughs> I, I recognize that. And I really liked about the services just always ending with Silent Night with the candles. I remember yeah. that so vividly of like, whoa, this is so cool. And seeing all these, you know, 100 candles just raised in the air. There is something powerful. I, I actually, that's probably mine as well. I love all the voices coming together. And my favorite part is when whoever's leading worship, when they stop singing or they step off the microphone mm -hmm. and all you hear is the people. Yeah. yeah. That was that was a pretty consistent tradition. Uh, but then I also liked coming home and we would usually open one present on Christmas Eve. So you always got one present on Christmas Eve. Did you get to select so it? Did your spoiled. parents select it for you? Uh, I'm pretty sure the kids selected it. Oh, wow. wow. Chris Hopple is so good to you. Because, mm -hmm. well, I mean, think about the danger of that. Because what if you selected the one big present? Like, there's right. always that one big present. Don't pick that one. Oh. I don't remember specifically. That's a Christmas Day present. The presents I got over the years, but I'm sure that happened. <laughs> I'm sure it was like, I want to open the big one. Oh, well, okay. Well, let's save that one for tomorrow. <laughs> what if they were all tricky and they made them all big packages so you didn't, and the real present was in the smallest one? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, how about yours? What yeah. was, and, and again, be, and it could be even before you were a Christian because you've yeah. been a Christian seven years now. So it yeah. could be anything about Christmas Eve. Hmm. I think we did also get to pick a present early Christmas Eve night. And it was mm -hmm. always, we didn't, I don't think we got to pick it. My mom would always give us pajamas oh, yeah. as kids. Oh, yeah. And now like even as adults, this last, you know, 10 years that I've been 20 <laughs> to 30, I still get pajamas every year from yeah, my we mom. Get pajamas oh. from Lisa's dad. Yeah. It's and it's just like so fun. And then you have something fun and fresh and cozy to like wear for Christmas morning. Yeah, you know, never... you're supposed to like wash clothes when you buy them. I didn't know that for the longest time <laughs> in my life. Like I just wear them fresh from yep. the store. What? Yeah. You're supposed to wash them because there's like, they use special yeah. chemicals to when they store them and ship them for clothing. So there's like formaldehyde and stuff oh, in I your clothes. Don't do that. I know mm -hmm. me either. I totally yeah. just wear them right from the store. Yeah, so do I like, I know. I, and I think I did know that, but I'm like, yeah. That's how that's... I know I'm not a hippie because, like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm more like a gypsy. Doesn't that make you, I was, was going to say, that kind of makes you more hippie. Yeah, I guess. Like, like I, I just clothes, don't, man. I like, I, I've gone so far into not caring <laughs> that I've, like, doubled down on the hippie. Is that the definition of a hippie? It's like I have just no doesn't idea. Care. I'm so sorry for the offensive language that I use on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm so offended. <laughs> so offended, Kate Hopple. What about you, Peach? Um, well, I, I already said The Silent Night. That probably is my favorite. That's a good one. I like um, I actually, and I talked about this, I, I talked about this a little bit on Christmas Eve. Like, I really enjoy giving and giving presents. Yeah, you give good presents. I love that. That's probably my favorite part. I'm... And this is, it's so funny. Like, I, I don't know when the shift happened in my life. I really, I don't care if anybody gets me stuff on Christmas mm. Eve. Because the truth is, that, like, if I want something, I usually just go buy it. Uh-huh. Preach. Um, that's Preach. a John, too. Like, I'm like, so when somebody, unless, and here's the thing, like, gifts are one of my I think a lot of dads are like that, though. Well, yeah, but also, but see, like, thing is, is, like, I have really expensive taste because I like toys. <laughs> Oh, I like yeah. it. So I, we could unpack that sometime too. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean like electronic yeah, stuff. Yep. Like, totally. Yep. And so like my wife, uh, for me, like the giving of the gift is, okay, you want to hear a funny story? 
Absolutely. <laughs> this is such a side note. Okay, so. It's a Christmas special. It is a Christmas special. Okay, so uh, Lisa and I, I think it was either the year we got married or the year before we got married. I don't remember which. But I'm also somebody that if I tell you I want a specific gift, I, that's what I want. I don't want to knock off because I really do. And you'll understand this as a musician, quality is more important than quantity. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I remember I told Lisa, I said, okay, she's like, okay, you you have your max. Your max is either this this or this money-wise. Here's where it is. And I said, well, I either want, there was a piano that I wanted because I, I play piano, not as good as this guy over here, but I play. What? Let, me re- let me rephrase that. I play keyboard. You play piano. Like oh, you yeah. legit know how to play the piano. I know how to make sounds that end up sounding best. like music. Yeah. I don't know what Church I'm doing. Chords. I have no clue what I'm doing. It just yeah. works. So I said, I either wanted this keyboard or I wanted this guitar pedal. Yep. And I wanted one or the other. And so Christmas Eve, Lisa is so excited. Christmas Day, she's like, okay, you're going to love this. You're going to love it. I decided I could get you one or the other or I could get you both. No. <laughs> and she got me this really cheap piano and yep. this really t- cheap <laughs> guitar pedal. And I... I don't know how to hide my face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I open it and my face is like, oh, thanks, yeah. honey. And she could tell I wasn't happy. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, well, here's the thing. Like, I wanted those because of the, the quality of them, not yeah. because I just wanted a keyboard. Right, right. Yeah. So this goes yeah. to my point. Like, part of the reason why I love giving gifts is usually when I give a gift, I know it's something that somebody wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm really hard to shop for. Because you don't normally just buy it for myself, but I love, I, gifts are actually one of my love language. Yeah. Mm. And so Lisa just, she got me a gift recently, not for Christmas, just because. And I hadn't gotten it for myself yet. And I was genuinely like, oh, no way. She got me the new YouTube Bono book. Oh, yeah, yeah, autobiography. yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's like, cool. you haven't bought it? And I'm like, no, I was going to. She goes, yes, I surprised you. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So that's uh-huh. that's now, here's the one. The one person I can't shop for is my wife. Because every time I try to, I think I've got it. And she's never. <laughs> oh. Really? Oh. Is it a, here, here, honey, I got you this, whatever. And she's like, nah, I don't like it. Yes, or is it kind of. Well, okay. so, okay. So, like, here's what, here's what it comes down to. See, my kids, I know how to, I know how to shop for. Sure. My wife, I, I don't know how to shop for her because when I think she likes something, she's she's as particular as I am. And so, like, I'll buy her clothes. And okay. then she, they're not what she's exactly what she's looking for. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what do you want? She's like, I don't care. Surprise me. And I'm like, I don't. No, 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 no. That's no, not no. fair. And she okay. finally had to tell her, tell me to stop buying her camo. Because <laughs> I love, like, the pink camo. Oh, sure. Like, the girl's camo. Like, I got her a vest that was pink camo. And she's uh-huh. like, ah. And it was kind of like the same face I gave her. Yep. <laughs> she's like, thanks. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. Wait, so, do you, I kind of I, I kind of already know Kate's position on this. But do you like being surprised with gifts? Like, if it's Christmas and you see all the presents stacked up, you're like, ooh, I don't know what it is. <gasps> or are you like, here's my Amazon wish list by what, all the what's things what's my position here. john yes you please don't tell like surprises i don't like surprises and I'm, yeah you know what i really know what you're getting as a kid as i'm growing up i used to try to be like i'm gonna find out what my parents got for me but then i'm like no nah, that's i don't like that i don't like i i like opening it up and yeah if i don't get what i asked for then it's like okay well but 
it's a lot gifts of fun. Gifts are hard for me because it's like if you give me a gift and you yep. surprise me with it and I didn't know you got me like four gifts and Christmas morning I wake up and mm-hmm. I see there's four bags under there and I was like, I didn't get you anything. Because <laughs> last, <laughs> last yeah. we talked about this or now, what, now I owe you <laughs> four <laughs> some things oh. that I didn't know about. Okay, in Enneagram language, let's unpack that as a two. Anyway, yeah. I'm, like, I'm literally sweating. <laughs> so... Like for me, like, okay, this is, this is why this is such a fun conversation. Cause obviously, you know, Christmas Eve, we're actually talking about gifts on yeah. Sunday for Christmas or Saturday for Christmas Eve. And, and <laughs> I think the funniest part for me is because Christmas has become so much about gifts. Yeah. And I was, I actually had a conversation with somebody that right after Thanksgiving was the day after. And they're like, oh, I love Thanksgiving because Christmas is so stressful. Mm. I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, Thanksgiving, like, yeah, there's stress of eating, making food, but then you eat it and you're done. You watch football, you hang yeah. out with family. Yeah. Christmas, you got lights and decorations and then you got to go shopping and church services. Church, like it's everything yeah. so stressful about Christmas. And I was thinking about, it, I'm like, I wonder if what the greatest gift at Christmas would be to make a Christmas that was not stressful. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it's crazy how much you pile on to it. And there's things that you love. It. You know, it's like it is good things. Like I love the lights. <clears throat> I love the decorations. I love the food. I love the being able to go play. Especially this year is really rough. It's the first Christmas yep. without my dad. It's all right. the first. I yeah, it's all the first. Yeah. I actually really appreciate getting to go to a Christmas Eve service and a Christmas Day service and go and visit people. And I I kind of busy myself with new traditions, right? And having those options are kind of great, but then you don't ever slow down either. Mm-hmm. It's like you pile on too much. If you're not careful, then it then it can turn into, well, I've got to do lights because uh, it's right. not Christmas now without them. No, it's not a get to, it's a half well, to. Well, that's the thing for me is the minute you put an expectation on me, I don't want to do it. Yeah. That's like, that's like, that's, that's a care. Yeah. The minute something has to be done, now all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I, I, we could unpack that too. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's gonna be a deep special. <laughs> so okay, so Christmas Eve. Okay, so what is your least favorite thing about Christmas Eve? Or at least I can tell you my least favorite one. And when I was a kid, we had these family friends who uh, the dad was a pastor before I was a Christian, and they kind of took us in as their as part of their family. But he was a like strictly King James only pastor. Like he and I had a conversation about it. Right. Sure. He found out I wanted to be a pastor and he's like, so what type of Bible are you going to read Jason? And I'm like, well, I like the NIV. And he proceeded (laughs) to tell me why the King James is the only, that kind of pastor. (laughs) But at Christmas Eve, before we could eat dinner, we had to read through the entire Christmas story. Uh, Like to the Christmas story? Like, like the three chapters of wow. it. And like, and so, you you know, here I am like eight-year-old Jason. <sighs> and I mean, even like my freshman year in high school, we would still go over to this family's house. And I remember there was one where uh, <laughs> he would pray in these and thighs. Oh, wow. So okay. Even his mm. prayer was like that. And, and again, not a Christian when I was younger. And I remember when he'd finish his prayers and like, I'd be like, dude, the food is cold. Like, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. he had, he had literally read through the entire birth of Jesus, Luke mm-hmm. or Matthew. And then he'd pray 
And then by the time we were done, it was like we sat there for like 15, 18 minutes and all the oh entire time. Gosh. That's my least favorite memory. Yeah, for that's Christmas. a lot that's for an crazy. Year old. <laughs> I was like, too much. I, I guarantee you had like undiagnosed ADD. I wanted that then. ham. I guarantee <laughs> your brain was firing, just like <laughs> craving dopamine at all costs, like ready I to flip tables. I still might be a little ADHD. Oh, so that's know. my that's my my one. And man, you don't have to share it. Do you have a least favorite? Do you have a least favorite? Oh, uh, I mean, I was going <laughs> to... Now the now my least favorite part about like just the winter season is shoveling all the time. <laughs> I'm, yeah, because I'm like oh. I have another funny story. I'm a about feminist that. until it's time to like shovel the driveway. <laughs> I'm like oh honey, I can't. My wrists are dainty. Do you want dainty. any help? No, I don't. Yeah, hey, I, I like, do that with dishes. Hey, can I help with dishes as she's on the last one? I literally laying on the couch with like tea and my socks and my fuzzy blanket. It's like oh, are you gonna go shovel? Do you need help? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you look too comfortable. I was gonna say, I, I, I never. So we traditionally would always have a pretty similar Christmas meal every single year, and it would be a lot of the same. Um, yeah, let me guess. Mom, let me guess. Ham? Not really. Oh, I'm no. already out. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you to guess because you my, already know. <laughs> my mom's family was Norwegian, and oh, so we would always ham. have like. Um, Meatballs and lefse and lutefisk. Was I was going to say, one. did you have lutefisk? Yeah, yeah they like did. Like legit lutefisk? Yes. Yep. Like the gelatinized fish yes. lutefisk? Yep. So you've had lutefisk? I have. Yeah. I've never had it. Yes. I don't like it. And it was probably the worst part. And they but, put it with like mashed potatoes and peas and so butter. So that was your least favorite part well, of here's, Christmas? Well, it gets worse. And I say is worse your mom, because... Is your mom and dad listen? Do they listen to this? I don't no. think so. Okay, then dad, go on, man. Go on. Even if they do, they already know this. It's it's this is where it gets worse is because I don't like lutefisk, but that's fine. Hardly anybody does now. It's like just okay. Nobody likes lutefisk. You like lutefisk? I like it. Really? What's I it know, taste like? I know. Fish. Gelatinized fish. Yeah. But I also don't like lefsa. <laughs> so Lefse's that's the bread, thing. Right? It's yeah. a it's a potato based kind of okay. uh, like a pancake. Oh, I've had lefsa. Yes. Yeah, I like lefsa. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's you good. put butter and. Uh, uh, brown sugar on it and it's really tasty but i've just never liked it and i'm like the only one in my family who does so every single christmas it's like we have the same meal more or less and i'm like well i can't eat half of this <laughs> or i don't want to eat half of this you know i'm like oh all right i guess i'm gonna load up on the meatballs over here and just eat those but i joke now we've we've kind of branched out a little bit more and add a few uh fun differences as we like go ham. year to year oh yeah ham balls See, okay. sometimes ham yeah. ball. we got ham we got their ham ham What's one a ham time ball have you not had a handball yeah i played handball if you go to louis and get huh. their handballs they're the best ones mm. louis handballs yes they're very okay. good you'd like them yeah but we branched out i would ju- it was just funny i was like well i don't like that i don't like that i don't like that hmm. ham right. is my favorite I think I could have ham at every holiday and I'd be I fine. Like ham. I like ham over turkey. I do, I do as well. So yep. does Gabe. I used yep. to do I used to do a Thanksgiving lobster. That's oh my a, gosh. I think that, um, I'm pretty sure Carol and Al Berg, they make lobster for Christmas Eve for their family. That's awesome. I bought, they had legs on sale. Crab yeah. legs. Oh. My least so favorite good. thing about Christmas Eve is probably people that are so adamant about stealing other people's joy. Well, you know what I'm talking about? Like I said, Chris, oh, I said, Merry Christmas to oh. someone and they went, 
that's all they said back. And I was like, oh, oh okay. okay, I'm so sorry. You know, or just like people that are like, they just, they're so against other people enjoying things. Yeah. And mm. I, I, that's that Kate-ism that I always say of like, don't yuck someone's yum. Yeah. You know, we talked about don't that. Don't yuck before. my yum, yo. Don't, don't put down somebody <laughs> else's joy when, you know, you never know what someone's going through either. It's like, oh, my, my father just passed away and, you know, maybe I'm struggling through some other things personally, but I can wish you a Merry Christmas because I really do want you to have a, you know, a good happy holiday and for you to be like, oh, what do you know? You don't understand anything. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, I just don't understand that. So I don't, I really don't like the, the Debbie Downers. The Grinches? People being, oh, yeah. I was going to say Scrooge. Grinch, you know, like, yeah. the Grinch, Scrooge, the Scrooge, like yeah. the Scrooges and the Grinches and like how that gets like kind of out of control sometimes. Like it's almost... It, depending on what circles you're in, some, it's probably stronger in like a more secular setting than obviously when you work in a church, most people understand and enjoy Christmas. But like outside of that, there, it's just kind of like almost popularized to like hate Christmas. And it's like, oh, okay. Hmm. Sorry. So this is okay. So <laughs> and this is what I think is funny about the comp when people are like, they want to take the happy holidays yeah. instead of Merry Christmas. <clears throat> The word holiday actually comes from the day holy days. Yeah. Which is, that's that's actually, yeah, you could argue, more offensive. Than to than, just say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, that's about Christ. Well, you can think it's about Chris. I don't know. So when I, I worked at Circle K, I worked at Circle K. It was a convenience store in California. And in the 90s is when they started making it so you couldn't say Merry Christmas because yeah. it was considered culturally insensitive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we were actually given a mandate from corporate that we could only say happy holidays. Yeah. Sure. Well, I refused. <laughs> and so, so here's this, you know, I'm 20 years old and my, my supervisor happened to be around and someone I said, Merry Christmas. Jason, you can't say that. What? Merry Christmas. Oh no. <laughs> I know you're shocked by this. Yeah. I'm okay. So, so here's my funny story. You were talking about snow and uh -huh. you know, shoveling. Yep. Okay. So I bought a snow plow from Kermit. Who goes to our church? Yeah, and so I call him like Kermit. My snowplow, the the snowblower keeps on like it keeps on turning off, and he's like, "Oh, you probably need to put some some stabilizer in the gas." And I open the gas tank, and I I see some gas in there, so mm -hmm. I don't have any stabilizer. So I decide to go to Walmart. Well, while I'm gone, Kermit shows up at my house to look at my snowblower because I bought it from him. Yeah, and I <laughs> I proceed. To call him and tell him thank you or to text him and he calls me back and he goes, you know, I, I know you're from California, Jason. Just to let you know, um, snowblowers work better if they have gas. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I didn't know this. Yep. I, oh, and again, truly because I'm from California, there was like a little bit of gas. And I'm like, if I can see some gas in it, that should be enough. Must be fine. No, apparently you have to, it has to have gas like halfway in otherwise the gas struggles to get in yeah mm -hmm. and so but he was so kind to me he was like no i get it like why would you know that and i'm if like you don't know you don't know yeah. <laughs> but then a part of me is like that's kind of almost a no-brainer like if you see it if you see there's very little gas maybe put some more well, like it takes five <laughs> seconds though to have that extra kindness to someone if you don't understand something oh, and good he for was, kermit and he was mm -hmm. so kind and he's like oh. i know he's like why would you know that you're from california you didn't see snow and i'm like thank goodness for yeah. kind no, people I showing us people. how to do things so when you said that i was chuckling because i'm like yeah i don't i don't i don't <laughs> <laughs> all right so there's not, I mean, Christmas Eve, everybody, we already know what the Christmas message is about. But what we don't know is what 
New Year's message is going to be about John. Because this is a twofer. It's true. We get two for it's one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Well, the good news, the good news is, as I, as I get to preach on New Year's and start the year off with a bang. No. <laughs> no, come on! I'm giving you theme music, John. We're dancing. John's not. Oh my gosh. So, anyways, it's gonna be no. no. Was, this is gonna to be the best episode ever. That's his secret. He's always angry. I was ready to launch into uh, a really big, explosive. Uh, Tyrant. Powerful, yeah, yeah, tirade. No, I because that's what I think of when I think of you is tirade. That's right, yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's that stick, hidden nine. Stick yeah, around. Stick hidden around. nine. It's there. It's it just comes out. really repressed. <laughs> uh, it's so for New Year's. Uh, you know, literally Sunday this year is on Christmas, on Christmas Day, and then it's on New Year's, January first, and I'm like, wow, that is. Huh, I'm going to literally be preaching on the first day of the year. And so the good news is uh, comes. I get Here to comes. start things off with a bang. But the bad news is, is I, I am going to reference a little bit of Christmas. No, you get to start things off with a hopple. Steve gets to start them off. With That's a right. That's Shoot. <laughs> We're going to hop into joke. the new. Ah, yes. I actually don't mind that one. No? Okay. Don't We're going to hop in. Well, hop I, along. Hop along. I was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was looking, I was looking at this new year and thinking about okay well what do we want what do we want to preach on or talk about and i i was just sitting I love with the royal we yeah yeah i know that was, that was I, I do that a lot the royal we what were what, we you got a turd in your pocket well, yeah. <laughs> i was thinking about just the idea of what you were talking about like the frustration of like we kind of all know the christmas story we've heard it several times and you know it's become so familiar to us i think it kind of gives license to just um it just gives us license to kind of be like oh yeah same old same old i don't need to yeah, I think dive any deeper the, into this like the phrase of like it becomes white static white noise white noise, white noise yeah in the back yeah, just like static just playing in the background and i i've really been challenged the last well really the last couple of years to look into what what are the new things God is doing? You know, uh, I, I I think of there's a few psalms um, in the Bible that start off with sing to the Lord a new song. And I always mm-hmm. kind of th- I was like, what's wrong with the old psalm song? 40 is my favorite. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I always think like, well, what's wrong with the old song? We've been singing these songs for 100 Such years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what can't we just what's wrong with Why do we got to think of a new song? And it's it's those new experiences or new moments or new challenges that are always coming. And I, I realized that those are the things to lean into. Those are the things to step up to the plate, so to speak. And, and, uh, really, and, and I think everybody has these new experiences. God is nudging them towards, you know, you know, and I was just sitting here thinking like, Oh, I don't think that I have any, you know, reservations to change. Like I love change. I love new things, but then Mm. that's not true. It just looks different for me than it does for you, you know, or like, you know, sometimes you sit there, I remember being in seasons where I would pray so hard for something. And then when you get into that and then you pray for the next thing and then you, you know, you kind of always are like living for the next thing and you never really appreciate it or like praying 
you know, like, oh God, don't make me do this. Don't let me get into this season. And then you get into that season. You're like, oh God, don't take me out of this. Don't take me out of this. And it's like, you, yeah. You, uh, yeah. you know, humans are so fickle of like what we think we want. And I think that's more of the fear of change that I have. Not so much of like something changing, but it just not going my way, you know, or it's like, mm-hmm. that's what holds well, me back a lot too. So like I, I typically love change until I don't. <laughs> right. You know, and that's the thing. Some people don't like any change. Me. And yeah, and then there are people like me, like I love new things, unless that new thing is getting in the way of something that I enjoy in the old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's so for instance, if you looking at New Year's Eve, right? And even in that, the expectations that with a new year comes something you're expecting something new. Yeah. But usually we only want that new if it's something better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem is there's what I've discovered in my 47 years of life is the older I get, some things don't get better. Like my body, my body has not gotten better with age. It's got, <laughs> like things are I, all of a sudden I'm like, why is that hurting? Yeah. This is okay. No lie today. Lisa got some vegetable dip and she handed it to me. She goes, Hey, can you check if this has onions in it? Cause I can't eat onions. I couldn't read the label. <laughs> like, <"No." laughs> That's a change. I don't like. Right. Right. So when you were, okay, so you're in seminary right now. I am, Is yes. it six months? Have you been in six months? When did you start? Oh, it's like, been like prison. Have you been in six months? August. <laughs> so at the end months. of August. Five yeah, months. Give or take. Yeah. Okay, almost five months. Uh, and part of that is, is like you have to have ministry experiences and all those kind of fun things. But mm-hmm. the whole purpose of seminary is to help you grow and, and to develop and change. Yeah. And it's supposed to bring awareness. And in fact, if you go into seminary and you don't change, you probably missed something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So your first five, six months in seminary preaching, how has what you've been going through in seminary, how did it maybe challenge, shape, push you into thinking about this new year? Because again, you're preaching on this, you're preaching Mm -hmm. on the January one. Well, initially when it was like, uh, does this, does this day work to preach? Would you want to preach? Are you, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I start thinking about all of the uh, classes that I've been taking and a lot of the stuff that I've been talking through. And there's a lot, I mean, there were some classes that stood out to me more or that I liked more than others, but all, I would say all of them, it, there, there were at least pieces of them where I go, I have never thought about things like that before. Um, but the biggest challenge was kind of taking what I had learned this in-depth couple week long class and the books that we're reading along with it and going, okay, well, how do I, how do I take this and condense it down into something that can be shared in a half an hour or, you know, on a Sunday morning. Um, and it's, it's kind of tough. Cause I'm like, I'm so excited about this, but I could talk for hours if I'm not careful. <laughs> um, and so thinking about some of the things that I had learned, uh, definitely shaped, um, the new year's message, so to speak. I mean, just, just this idea of really what I centered around was, um, the biggest change that will really spread into every area of our life is just sitting and being with God. That was the one thing that is central to my seminary life right now, um, referenced in a lot of different classes, um, and less just, taking, you know, a few minutes to read a Bible verse or whatever, but really just 
sitting with in the presence of God. And it looks different for uh, different people. It could people. be in a few it minutes. Can, right. It can be it can be the 5 10 15 minutes in the morning when you get up and you read a devotional and you read um uh, a passage of scripture. That's great. I mean, it can be listening to worship songs or an audio version of uh, a chapter of the Bible. I mean, it, it's it's less about the what, you know, how what exactly are you doing and and more about um who yeah who are you are you focusing on because yeah. i think what i what i learned about myself and i was challenged on was i tend to view the bible as the the manual for all the answers that i have um the answers to all the questions that i have and don't get me wrong there are answers in there you know there are there are big answers to big questions but I think I tend to go in there with like, all right, God, what am I going to do with my week today? Flip, 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 flip. All right. Habakkuk 317 okay, says. But Habakkuk slaps. Okay. <laughs> I well, I know, but I, I look at it and I don't read it for what it is. I, yeah. I try to find the answer. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I, I think what God's telling me to do is this. And I almost, I realized that I almost treat it as what I used to want from God was that divine text message yep. or the divine email that says, go here, do this, and things will be good. Well, and part of that, I, okay, so there's this old children's song, and then it became a popular song, B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, the mm -hmm. Bible. Yep. And here's the problem yep. with that. There are a lot of things in the Bible that don't instruct me to do anything. And yeah. in fact, I would argue 90% of the Bible does not give me instructions for life. Right. And it's okay. So I was listening. I was listening. If anything, to it's a whole lot of not to do. Yes. <laughs> well, that's, like, don't so, act like this guy. Yes. Like that's most of the Bible is the yeah. hero of the story is God. It's not people. And nope. I can't be God. Nope. And yet that's how so many of us were taught yeah, to look at scriptures. Common. If you don't know what need to, if you don't know what to do, you need to read the Bible. And this is where, um, and there is like a simple truth in that too of like, yes. now don't get us wrong. There is absolutely yes. value and truth to be found in scripture. That's not what we're saying. But the whole of scripture, if you're looking through, they call it Bible roulette. Yeah. Okay, yeah. God, what should I do? And there's an old story and I doubt it's true. It's probably just more of a, a, a parable of someone who was trying to figure out what to do. And they flipped through the pages and they did Bible roulette and it talked about Judas hanging himself, yeah. hanging himself off a cliff. And then he flipped a little bit later and found another one and said, go and do likewise. Mm. And yep. it's like, yep. and that's the problem is, is that when you read the Bible, what does it mean to be present with the Lord? Yeah. And something that over the last probably 10 years of my life, and especially the last five, I think the goal of scripture is less about finding answers and being able to ask better questions. Amen. We've hmm. we've had we've that had, as a theme through a lot of our messages for the last, I would say, two years at least. And then that's I think part of the dilemma that happens is so many people, well, I, I want I want someone to give me answers in my life. Yeah. And the problem is is that okay, so for instance, uh, if I were to say, what does biblical manhood look like? It's in the Bible. Okay. David. You really want to be like David? You want to, yeah. if, like, is he the model for manhood? Right. Or how about Paul yeah. or Peter or even Jesus? Like, Jesus was never married. Right. And I, I look at that and I'm like, okay. And I was listening to a podcast that talked about this because there are entire books on biblical womanhood, biblical manhood. Right. Mm -hmm. When most of the Bible is not an answer on how to be. Right. It's not well, an instruction manual. It's not an instruction manual. Now, there are some things that are instructive. So Jesus gives some instruction. Right. Uh, Paul gives some instruction, but 
apart from the worship, love Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, or the laws, which are instructive on what you're supposed to do as a, a Jewish culture, right? how you're supposed to offer sacrifices, most of the Bible doesn't actually give you answers. Yeah. And so if you start in the new year, and this is where we do, we're doing sermon read-through, mm. this is why I struggle when people, it's just spend time with the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. How much time? Because usually people want quantifiable. Is it like, is five minutes enough time? Is 10 minutes, two hours? Yep. And then it's what kind of time? Yeah. How do you how do you qualify quality time? This is why when people read the Bible through in a year, which I'm going to say something super doesn't sound very pastoral, but when you hear my Uh-oh. heart behind I've it, I've got my dukes up. Get yep. your dukes up. When when people get challenged, I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. Mm-hmm. Here's the real question I have: What did you get out of it? Right. If the only reason why you read it is so that you could check off a box that said I read through the Bible in the year, and you mm-hmm. got nothing out of it, or you were more confused by it. Yeah. And some people say, well, but at least you're spending time in the word and the word does not return void. Yeah. That's also how we get like really bad cults and yeah. people who take God's word out of context. I would rather have you spend time in scripture and really wrestle with God, wrestle with the heart behind it. Yes. Maybe discover some things about God than to say that you've read the book yeah. just so you can say, look, I read it. I like mm-hmm. to cycle through, you know, I'm doing a, I think it's a 280 day challenge um, of reading scripture all the way through. So it's less than a year um, alongside other biblical scripture, like reading that I'm doing yeah. and why I do that. And I go through a couple of cycles. I'd say probably I've been a Christian for seven years and this is probably I'm on my third read through and I do it because. I want a holistic understanding. And every time I read through and I do it quickly, I I catch on to something that I didn't realize was connected before. And I go, Uh oh my goodness, that's who that guy's grandpa was? But you're not doing it to check a box No, not at all. Look, I read the Bible No, not at all. It's it's so that I have a deeper understanding of a bigger picture. Trust me, I still dive in real deep on like like Psalm 23, totally you know, bumper sticker, Hobby Lobby sign. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like it's totally overdone, but not to me because I wrestle with that constantly. What does it even mean? Well, and this is where, I mean, uh, and I'm not, I don't know who the quote is from, but the biggest (laughs) obstacle to God is God's word. Mm. Because when somebody Mm, who's not a Christian and you're reading it, there are things within the Bible that are very confusing. Now, there are also, here's the thing. I do believe that the Holy Spirit works through God's word. I had somebody who pulled out the Holy Spirit card on me. Well, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit helps me interpret God's word. Okay, that might be true, but you also need community. Yeah. Because sometimes you think it's the Holy Spirit and it's actually you. Mm-hmm. And Or there are things that you don't understand the context. Right, because, literary devices, yeah. context, historical. like. And this is where, and, and this is where, again, I sound so unpastoral. I'm not saying don't read God's word. I'm saying let's read it with the right heart. Right. And, right and I mentality. think that is, I think that I, I wish there were more pastors, especially for like previous generations. I'm grateful that I didn't really have to struggle with that growing up. But I do know a lot of my peers, people my age that grew up or like in the 90s and early 2000s that really struggled with that idea of like, what a pastor says about the word is all you'll ever understand of it. Yeah. Or the people that say, I don't need to go to church. I have my Bible. Yeah. Yeah, but they exactly. have, right. And it's yeah. like, you've got a really twisted view of what you think God is. And, and, and it's, it's the father, son, and Holy spirit, not father, son, and Holy scripture. 
Right. And this, uh, don't get me wrong, the Bible is absolutely important. That's why we preach from God's word. And Amen. as a teacher, we stand for it. We, we revere it. We stand for God's word because we believe in the importance of it. But I, going to your point, you know, when you spend time with God, what does that mean? Yeah. And this is, I think, part of the one of the things that I wrestle with. And this is where my time in school, when I was working on my, my Master's of Divinity, I appreciated that my professors made us wrestle instead of just saying, oh, that's what the text means. Mm-hmm. No, we actually wrestled through why it was said or what are the implications of that and how, what, are the, what are the challenges to our interpretations and, mm-hmm. and what does it mean that you have to interpret God's word? Because even, even as we're wrestling through it, and I started after school, and, and this is, I think, what was the, probably the most true thing for me. The Christian I was during my seminary education, which I didn't really go to a seminary. I went through a, I went to a Bible university mm-hmm. and we didn't have a seminary school. We didn't have a seminary library. Yeah. Did you know that's what makes something a seminary versus a university or college? No. It's you have to have a library. That's it. Sweet. You have to have I'm, a, I'm going to be a seminary. You have someday. to have a seminary. <laughs> a seminary library is what separates it from being Wild. a seminary versus a university or college. For real, though, North, our house will be a seminary one yeah, day. Yeah, for real. Yeah, and have a library. Yes. Yeah. Northwestern, we couldn't afford a library. Wow. And Bethel, which was the other school not too far for us, wouldn't let us share their library. So it was not considered a seminary. Crazy. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, but what here's, here was the, the things for me was once I got done with school, the challenge for me, and I'm not saying this is going to be a challenge for you, John challenge for me is that when I was in school, I read, I read the word academically, mm-hmm. not formationally. Sure. Because everything was about how I had to interpret something, interpret a text I had to, and, and there was so much theology around it. And, and once Which I got, is something you're passionate about as very, well, and it probably helped about. fuel you get through it. <laughs> it did because I love the knowledge side yeah. of it. Yep. But I, what I discovered was is that I eventually I started falling in love with the idea of God instead of God Himself. Mm. Right. And that was the biggest challenge for me in school. And that's why when when even some some read through when you were like, okay, the best way to know God is spend time with God. And I could I would have argued I spent lots of time with God. But it wasn't mm-hmm. to actually know God or to let God know me. This is where that book, yep. uh, The Gift of Being Yourself by, yeah. by Benner was so revolutionary for me, is that whole idea of self-awareness in God's word and the more his whole premise is, and it's actually a very biblical one, is the more you know God, the more you know yourself, the more you know yourself, the more you'll know God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's this divine interaction that takes it's place. It's like that communion of the image. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the part where coming into a new year, if I could give any challenge, and this is where I, I love the challenge that you gave on Sunday or that you're giving going to give on Sunday. In two Stick Sundays. around. In two Sundays. <laughs> That's right. um, I think if we can free people from the idea that if you spend five minutes a day in your Bible or 10 minutes a day, and then you can check it off your list, that's going to change you as a person. Right. Not if you're not fully present in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if along along with that, yeah, it's like it, it all goes back to um, it's a heart issue. You know, if you if you can spend five minutes reading God's word, or you can spend five hours reading God's word, and honestly, the the five minute you might come away with a more fuller sense of who God is than spending five hours. It's more of why are you doing it? What's the motivation behind it? And 
And where do you, what do you, are you trying to look for your answer quick? Are you trying to find yeah. your answer? Yeah, or are if you're you trying, trying to, to find the presence of God, mm-hmm. I think it's important to know where you are too. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it because God doesn't move, you do. That's right. Yeah, why it's, am I doing this right now? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and so like even even in that understanding of the self-awareness part of like, if I want to know God, it also means I have to be honest and say, I have to want to know myself more. Yeah. Because if if the goal is better answers or if the goal is better answers, well, you're always going to find somebody who can one-up you on an answer or who's yeah. really good at debating. But if the goal is better questions, questions open up more. And I love in Job, mm. going to God's word, is when Job finally kind of challenges God. Yeah. yeah. And God's I mean, res- honestly, I'm surprised it took him that long. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and I, I was feeling he actually was challenging God probably a lot more than we yeah. realized and because God is gracious and slow to anger and patient and all those things. Mm-hmm. But his response is, did, do you know where the Leviathan sleeps? That's right. Did you, were you there when, when creation was made? No. Mm-hmm. And I love that the, the beauty of Job, in my opinion, is what God brings to Job is, Job, it's okay to ask me questions. Yeah, but do not expect that I have to give you the answers, or that you'll understand them. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's and, the hardest part. And no. there is this side of us where we expect God to give us answers to things. Yeah. Well, I prayed and I didn't get an answer because you're supposed to wrestle with it. Well, I can go to Google right now and find the answer yeah. to pretty much oh, any man. question. Right? Instant gratification. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. So, for instance, uh, you know, I get this all the time. Now, Jason, I'm I'm praying, and I just don't know if I should take this job, and I just want the Lord to give me an answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. One, how would you know it's God? Yeah. But two, why do you need God to give you that answer? Why well, I want to make sure it's the right decision. Exactly. Well, God gave you a great brain. And here's what the Bible does tell us is that we're supposed to be wise. And then he says, loving, compassionate, gracious, all those things that are the fruit of the spirit. Right. Uh, this is that right or writer conversation. There yeah. are some things that are just wrong. Right. Disobedience yep. is different. Disobedience than, yeah. is wrong. Like, hey, should I cheat on my wife? That's that's no, a, no. I don't need to pray about that, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Sin and disobedience are in a different conversation. <laughs> but if going if if you're going into the the goal of this new year is saying, God, I want to know you more. Yeah. I think the challenge that God might give you is, well, then Jason, do you want to know yourself more? Because what you're going to discover is that the more you understand your desires, the more I can speak into them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when my desires go against God's, but if I don't know my own desires, it doesn't matter what God says, because right. I'm going to already make up my mind. Right. You're you're going to, you know, you're plugging your ears to whatever answers yeah. he might have for you because they're against your will. You know, yeah. and when it's, when it, I always say like, you know, it's the Holy Spirit and it feels like you're running downhill or it's yeah. like, maybe I'm not getting verbal answers or these like neon signs, but man, when when I feel like I'm in step with the Holy Spirit, the things that just happen. Yeah. I think the the challenge that comes in for all of this, and I think we can wrap up here. I mean, this yeah. is I think the challenge that comes in with whether it be for Christmas Eve services or New Year's services, I think that the problem that I run into, and I don't want to speak for anybody else, is I can get so caught up in what's going on in my life that I forget to actually seek to know the Lord instead yeah. of knowing answers. Right. That what if the what if the greatest gift, what if the goal is actually getting to know God's heart more? Yeah. Not necessarily to know answers to questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeking answers, and it's it sees anyone who seeks the Lord will find him. It, it, seek presence. Yeah. 
not answers. Well, and that's the, when, you know, in, in Matthew, when he talks about those who ask, seek and knock. Yeah. Uh, ask, ask and the door will be open, seek and they will find, knock yeah. and the door right. will be open. Right. right. Um, I think that the challenge becomes, is again, even when we, when we hear that, we usually think it's a guarantee. Yeah. But that's not what the text of what Jesus is talking about. He's not telling you that if you, like, I know people who challenge God, show yourself. And God didn't be like, ta-da, I'm here. Right, mm-hmm. right, you know, right, we right. Can't, we, don't, we don't get to test God in that response. And I know other people, for whatever reason, they're least expecting it. God shows up in their life. Yeah. But what what do you do with that is the question. Mm. And and I'll be honest, for where I'm at coming into this new year, I just I want to see. I just want to see God move. Yeah. Like I want to see where He's moving. I'm not asking Him to move in my life. I just want eyes to see. Yeah, because I think that's what I struggle with. Sometimes I don't, I don't feel like God is moving, and it's not because He's not; it's because I don't have eyes to see it or ears to hear, Amen. or my heart isn't open to it. And what does that movement look like? And it doesn't even mean that it's necessarily about moving in my life, or that it's just in general. I, I want, I want spiritual eyes. I want spiritual ears. Yeah. And that's, I think, that's where my prayer is this year as yeah. I'm coming in, because I, I want to know more of God's heart. Mm. Because the more I know his heart, not that he has a heart like us, but the decision-making seat of his yeah. selfness. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, one happy, happy New Year, Merry Christmas, <laughs> happy days that are holy, happy yeah. holy days ahead. Yeah, um, I'm sure to appreciate you guys, and thank you for coming yeah. in on a snowy day. It's a it's, jammy day. It is such a jam. <laughs> I wore sweats in, and I walked in, and I'm like, "Kate, are you wearing sweats?" You Me too. Yeah. High five. Don't, don't worry, listeners. I'm wearing uh, my jeans. usual jeans. Oh, he's, so a, he's he in full at, regalia. Yeah. Yeah. It's his daily uniform of a three-quarter zip and jeans. <laughs> yeah, and so I just want to say, welcome to Breakthrough Breakdown. No, uh, ha- this has been the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm we love Kate. you, Bob Goff. And I'm John. Bye. There we go. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion Clear Lake app. Share this podcast with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of the Breakthrough Breakdown.